Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Future of Place podcast, your podcast for strategies on the future of place and the evolving relationships between people, place, technology, and data. My name is Adam Beck. I'm host of the podcast. And at the Future of Place, we believe that place is the superior driver for our economy, an accelerator for sustainability, productivity, and inclusivity in our cities, communities, and towns. The work that we're doing is guided by the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, what we refer to as the Global Goals. You can find out more about our work at the Future of Place if you head to our website, futureofplace.global. But for now, let's discuss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Future of Place podcast. My name is Adam Beck, your host of the podcast, my day job executive director of the Smart Cities Council for Australia and New Zealand. More place discussion today with some very exciting guests that we have with us, Jonathan Cartledge and Helen McCullius from Infrastructure Australia, the Australian government's infrastructure body doing all things prioritisation and research and sort of policy. Jonathan and Helen, thanks so much for joining us today. Great to be with you, Adam. Pleasure, Adam. Um, I'll... I'll get you to kick off, Helen, with a bit of a bio. Who are you? What do you do? And then, Jonathan, over to you after Helen. But, Helen, you're up first. Great. So I'm the Associate Director of PLACE in Infrastructure Australia's policy and research team. So I'm looking after the PLACE chapter of the upcoming Australian Infrastructure Plan and also doing some PLACE-based work um, with Regional Development Australia, looking at strengths and infrastructure gaps in each region of Australia. Excellent. Looking forward to hearing a little bit more about that. Jonathan, who are you? What do you do? Who am I? I'm a, a Jonathan Cartledge, Director of Policy and Research at Infrastructure Australia. So really leading our policy and research program across um, three strategic focus areas for us around resilience and sustainability, uh, industry, productivity and innovation, and place, which I'm looking forward to talking about in a bit more detail today. Well, let's head straight there. There's probably going to be some listeners that are familiar with Infrastructure Australia and many that are not. Um, you know, Jonathan, can you sort of set the scene for us here in terms of place? Place has not always been, I don't think, on IA's agenda. So maybe just give us a bit of a, a, a walk through the, the history and how you got to that being such an important agenda for the nation and, and sort of what you're doing before we head to Helen. Yeah, pleased to. Look, Infrastructure Australia is, as you mentioned, the independent advisor to the Australian government on infrastructure. And we deliver that advice through really four main functions. So we provide uh, an assessment of infrastructure business cases as they come to us from uh, private sector, state, territory and local governments. And in assessing that infrastructure against an assessment framework that we also hold responsibility for, we developed the infrastructure priority list, which is a list of initiatives and, and priority projects for consideration by governments uh, as they look to funding priorities for infrastructure across across the country, across all, all communities. In addition to that, we provide a reform agenda for governments as they consider their policy priorities for infrastructure 
delivery and reform. And we do that through a cycle of both needs assessment, where we look at the needs of infrastructure sectors around the country, and that's through our infrastructure audit, which happens every five years, with the most recent one being in 2019, really providing a, a comprehensive view of the challenges and opportunities that face infrastructure sectors in all the geographies um, that make up Australia. And then looking at those challenges and opportunities, also every five years we publish an Australian infrastructure plan, which sets and for government the reform agenda and recommendations for policy to respond to those challenges and opportunities that we laid down in the audit. And those two documents are, are really critical in terms of prosecuting and presenting an evidence base for a really comprehensive reform agenda across those six sectors that we look at. When you think about infrastructure, it can be really broad. So we, we focus on, on those six sectors associated with transport and energy, water, waste, telecommunications, um, and social infrastructure. Social infrastructure itself encompassing the breadth of um, ageing and uh, health, education, and blue and green infrastructure as well. So where we find ourselves at the moment in terms of that, that five yearly cycle is we published uh, an audit assessing those opportunities and challenges in 2019. And looking to 2021, we are just at the tail end of drafting, which is keeping the team really busy within policy and research, drafting the Australian infrastructure plan for 2021, which we'll be delivering uh, mid-year. And what's interesting, I think, as we move towards the delivery of that plan is that those three strategic focus areas that I spoke about when we're thinking about resilience and sustainability across infrastructure, when we're thinking about industry productivity and innovation, and we're thinking about place, those three focus areas are really the cross-cutting themes that will underpin the plan and really provide us with uh, a lens through which we can view the interdependencies and the systemic nature of infrastructure when we look across those broad sectors that fall within our purview as, as the advisor to, to government across those sectors. So that's that's our agenda right now. Uh, why place? Uh, Adam, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. And I, I think I've, I probably wouldn't say that it's not that Infrastructure Australia has has considered place or that it's a new consideration for us. I think what's happened is that um, as the, the understanding of the role of infrastructure over the last 15 years has evolved, so too uh, has Infrastructure Australia's um, position in relation to that. And I think when you look at our body of work, particularly from a policy and research perspective, when you look at uh, and all these documents that, that we'll mention in the course of this discussion are available on our, on our website, but when you look at things like planning livable cities or um, value capture or um, a lot of the work that we've done that look at that intersection between um, urban communities and infrastructure place is absolutely central to that. And I think what we're seeing now is a, is a stronger understanding of the role of place as a lens through which we can understand those opportunities and challenges that uh, we're interested in, that were highlighted in the audit from 2019, but also thinking about that interface between infrastructure as an asset and the community and understanding the benefits that infrastructure brings to that community through that lens of place, regardless of the, the, 
the geography or the community that you happen to find yourself in. That that's certainly a um, a nice rounded sort of summary there, Jonathan, and that sort of emergence of not necessarily new agendas, but um, you know logical extensions to our sort of traditional hard infrastructure sort of views of the past is is certainly it's certainly welcome to see place really be highlighted as, as much as it is and, and of course as you've identified place is sort of one of those often squishy horizontal issues that kind of touches on everything else so i i sort of look forward to seeing how that plays out and and helen i suppose switching over to you now you know as as jonathan has now set the scene with the relevant uh, plans and org audits and the cycle of prioritization and research and planning for the future share with us a little bit about you know your role in in sort of having carriage of that place chapter what can you share with us what are you what are you sort of finding out there as you engage with stakeholders what what are you excited to see potentially weave its way into the plan what what can you tell us about your work yeah so i i think it's really interesting you use the term that, that place is quite was it squishy and horizontal squishy. i think that's uh-huh. a that's a terrific <laughs> summary i think the thing that i've been initially most struck by has been that that there's its place as a concept is quite widely applied, but less understood, um, even within the sector. And it's it's been really interesting having people from within infrastructure kind of sidle up to me and say, it would be really useful if um, Infrastructure Australia in, in the place chapter sets out a really clear, not just definition of place, but the the benefits of place-based thinking. And so that's, that's something we're really going to try and achieve in the plan playing that that leadership role and it's also an area where I think we see Infrastructure Australia can really add value because it is about taking that broad cross-sectoral view of the infrastructure needs of the location and as the National Infrastructure Advisory Body that that's something we're in a good good position to progress. In terms of the the details of you know what does place look like in the plan so Jonathan mentioned that in the 2019 audit, we established a bit of a framework for how we talk about place, um, which was for community types that that make up the Australian um, experience. So those are fast growing cities, smaller cities and regional centres, small towns, rural communities and remote areas and northern Australia and developing regions. I guess I'm, I'm conscious too that, that there are probably some international listeners um, who, you know, it's important to to frame it in, in the sense that Australia's geographic diversity is a real strength of ours. We see it as core to our national identity. And so the way that we're approaching place tries to reflect and, and celebrate that context. In terms of how we use the place lens in the plan, it is about those um, geographic types that we've outlined and and using that as a frame for identifying um, common challenges and opportunities. So there are lots of uh, specific reforms for for those particular community types, Um, but we're also looking at reforms to embed a place-based approach in the way that that infrastructure is planned and delivered. And that includes things like consistent national guidelines, the infrastructure needs assessments and place-based model agreements. And also thinking about how we ensure that governments strategically plan for future livability, particularly in in the context where there's been so many changes in um, internal migration and obviously a lot less um, international um, migration into our cities as well. So, 
that's where um, our focus is at the moment. And, um, and th- thank you, Helen, for that. Just a quick follow-up, and Jonathan, I'll, I'll then get you to probably respond to this one as well. Of course, 2020 and still lingering on is this global health pandemic of COVID-19. That has certainly shone a light on how people interact with place and kind of the, the systems that are sort of central to our sort of prosperity is there some some particular insights that you can take away from what our nation has experienced over the last year with respect to place and time? Is there an opportunity to sort of build that in? I, I think you may have done some work late last year that possibly informs that. What could you share with us about sort of, you know, post-pandemic sort of place and infrastructure and how you guys are potentially going to respond to that? Yeah, so I'll uh, let Jonathan speak to the the COVID report in the way that we're kind of talking about it in the plan. You're absolutely right. It's it's changed Australia's relationship with our our places in absolutely profound ways, and the cities have been particularly impacted because of the way that our CBDs changed, that that our social interactions and movement patterns around public transport were transformed, and so. These changes are likely to drive, I think, quite enduring impacts on infrastructure use in our cities. I think movement we can anticipate will become more localised, interaction will become more digital and municipal services will become more suburban. So there's there's a lot to unpack in, in our fast growing cities. In terms of the regional piece, um, we had a 200% increase in internal migration out of our fast growing cities to those smaller cities and regional centres. And, and that, you know, it's important to note that trend towards regionalisation was already there. But as, as with so many COVID impacts, things that were kind of on a, a five to 10 year tra- trajectory became a, a 10 month one. It really mm. accelerated those trends. Mm. And so thinking about, okay, if, if there is a significant influx of people to our regions, which is a fantastic thing, do we have the digital and social infrastructure to, to support that? Mm. Jonathan, can you tell us a little bit more about that COVID report that Helen referred to? Yeah, absolutely. Look, the, the I, I think what we've seen through COVID is actually a, a really great illustration of the value of place in understanding some of the challenges and systemic challenges that we face when we think about communities and our cities operate in response to an event like that. And more broadly to increasing uncertainty and shocks and stresses, whether it's related to climate change or COVID or demographic or technological change, place is a way that we can understand the the challenges and opportunities that presents. And a lot of those are the ones that we've identified through the report we released in December last year, the COVID-19 implications for, for infrastructure in Australia, looking at data at the tail end of last year as it told the story of 2020 and, it, and and the impact of COVID across those sectors, but also the systemic impacts and some of the changes in trends that we were seeing and those ones that Helen's identified in terms of increased digitalisation of services, increased regionalisation, movement and decentralisation of people, 
to regional areas are some of those trends that we've seen. Um, but other trends as well, like increasing use, increasing generation of household waste because people are doing more online shopping from home. They're getting more cardboard delivered, which has cascading impacts in terms of how we manage waste in our communities. Increasing car dependency where people are using public transport less and moving differently through the cities and buying more secondhand cars. The secondhand car market's boomed mm. uh, through 2020, mm. uh, which indicates that people are going to hold on to that, to hold on to those patterns of driving more and using public transport less. And of course, the one that we're all really familiar with, which is this trend towards working from home and the implications for that for both our neighbourhoods at a local level in terms of where we, where we live, but also our CBDs and how they recover and um, continue to, to thrive in a different context where people's preference is to work maybe only three days a week where they were previously working five. What does that mean for both how people move across our cities, but also what it means for our CBDs and what it means for our regional areas as people potentially look to work from regions in a way that just hasn't been an option for them before. So we released that report in December last year really as a precursor to the work that Helen now is driving through the plan on place so that we we're informed really about the evidence base that underscores those challenges and opportunities from COVID and so that the recommendations we make in the infrastructure plan later this year account for what is a really different landscape for a lot of our communities as we think about the implications of COVID for services and infrastructure going forward. I want to build on that, Jonathan, get both your views on this and, and probably our last question now, just on that sort of movement of people and working from home, I'm sort of seeing kind of a work from home Monday, Friday in the office, Tuesday through Thursday thing going on. Many, many folks I speak to think that there's probably another good year to go until we really understand where it's going to settle. But we did certainly see sort of Back to your point, Jonathan, about our neighbourhoods and our communities, probably more in a suburban sense from an Australian perspective, we saw we saw them thrive as as sort of our C, as our CBDs emptied. And of course, we've now got this tension. We want to bring people back to the CBD to the workplace. We want to build those those sort of economies. But at the same time, that the neighbourhoods, the suburban areas, were, were really thriving as well. Is there? I'd like a perspective from each of you, not necessarily formal policy position, but whether you're hearing certain views about where Australia might eventually settle in terms of what our work from home future might look like. Is it going to sort of just bounce back to pre-COVID? We'll all be back in our CBDs or there might be a bit of a balance. What, do, what are you both hearing? Jonathan? So when we look at the, the data and the responses, I think what we've seen, and we saw this in surveys that we conducted as part of that report at the tail end of last year, that there is an, an increasing appetite for people to maintain the flexibility that they've seen through 
through COVID and to maintain some balance between working from home and working in the office. Where exactly that falls, I think, is, as you've observed, a bit of a, a moving question in, in terms of people's different roles and different organisations and where they live and how long their commute is and, and a whole range of factors. But I think the critical thing here is that there is now a choice for people in a way that there hasn't been historically. And I think that's been brought about both with what has been demonstrated as possible through the through technology and digitalization and, and working through that environment has created a new choice for people that will will continue and people will be seeking that. And I think the the research and the data as recently as I saw some EY research published yesterday indicates that that will definitely continue into the future. Mm. And, and Helen, you know, from the place perspective, what are your views on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's good to remember that a lot of the um, the roles where people can work from home, they're, they're primarily white-collar roles based in our CBDs. For, for a large swathe of the population, working from home won't be an option. So it's it's interesting to consider that that mix. In, in From a place perspective, I think I'm really excited by thinking about what we learned about our neighbourhoods during COVID and what we want to stick. Mm. And when we think about the city neighbourhoods that thrived during COVID, they were those that had, you know, highly walkable or cyclable streets. They had great green and blue urban spaces and they were linked to, you know, local retail and services. So, again, we're, we're seeing some disparities in, in access um, in terms of the way we designed our suburbs where, where some suburbs did really well and others did less well. So some of our urban fringe areas that were highly car dependent didn't fare so well. So thinking about how we apply those lessons to future or regenerated neighbourhoods, I think is, is really exciting and how we build in the next, you know, you talked about bounce back, I think the new normal, the next normal distribution of activity in, in the way that we develop infrastructure project plans is exciting. Well, the next uh, six plus months are going to be very exciting and indeed very much looking forward to the plan being released later this year. But for now, we're going to have to call it quits for this this conversation, unfortunately, but would certainly contemplate a, another catch up circling back in sort of late 2021 to sort of see where the conversation has gone. But for now, Jonathan and Helen, thanks so much for joining us on the Future of Place podcast. Thanks, Adam. It's great, Adam. Thank you. And for our listeners, that's been Jonathan Cartledge, Director of Policy and Research at Infrastructure Australia, and Helen McCallius, Associate Director for PLACE. For our listeners, you can head to Infrastructure Australia's website. You'll get it at infrastructureaustralia.gov.au. And also, if you're not subscribing to the podcast, you can do so. You'll find it on all of your favourite podcast platforms. And indeed, head to our website, futureofplace.global, for everything else that we're doing on Future of Place. My name is Adam Beck, your host of the podcast. We look forward to speaking to you soon. Everyone stay safe, stay healthy and stay well. Thank you.